Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I might chip out, man. I got this, yeah. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. It's time to listen to Reese and Dan on the Angle Pick Pod. Angle Pickers, what's happening? We are getting at you. In the, we, have, we have a weird schedule going on. No fights this Saturday in lieu of... I don't know, Paris in two weeks. I don't know. First break in 12 weeks. UFC 278. But we have the usual suspects, country clubs, sucking down a something or other. How you doing, country? Fantastic. And Dank, DK Dank Wagers, who's looking to get into it with me this episode because I already brought up Marab and he already threw something at me. What up? What up? Yeah, no, I'm just loving that Reese didn't even realize that, like, we're coming off of a stream of, of some of the most packed, like back to back to back events in a row. Um, and honestly, I, as big of a fight fan as I am, I could probably use a break. Reese is just chomping at the bit for some more. Yeah. I, I thought we had Paris this weekend, but it, I was wrong. It is a week break. So you what did I enjoy contender series last night? I did. Contender series was awesome. And we will get to that. So the schedule is for this episode that you're already listening to. It's, labeled to set the spread but we are doing a 278 recap so it doesn't go stale news and notes with country club contender series recap so it doesn't go stale and then the much anticipated set the spread for ufc paris so we'll start with the recap for 278 danny i got a lot of flack on tiktok for this one i thought daniel da silva was gonna win man our boy at mma lock of the night or he had Altamirano for four unis for his lock, and you were all over Altamirano. I was all well. over Altamirano. I was all over the under. I took both uh, tracks for MMA.tips, Dan, Dan K. Wagers. You can find me. Um, yeah, no, all over it. Yeah, so I was wrong, and this was simply nothing I saw off tape. I just really don't think Altamirano is it, and I was taking any opportunity to fade him. Daniel De Silva is probably going to get pink slipped. Alta Murano is probably going to be a fade whenever they give me the opportunity. Um, he got dropped, Dan. You guys were almost all – you would have hit the under. But I felt like I was right until I wasn't. Yeah, I went 2X on the under, 1X on Alta Murano. And it started out hot, stayed hot. Yeah, looked good. 50 so, Gs performance bonus, Alta Murano. That's going to go a long way for him too, so that's awesome. This one hurt me to my core. So I got closing line value on both of those. I had De Silva at plus 170. It closed at plus 140. And I had um, Jay Perrin at plus 150. And it closed at plus 115. Both blanked. Jay Perrin dropped a unanimous decision to a Richie Lang. I don't know, man. I feel like Jay Perrin underperformed. But I also don't. I don't really know what to make of this fight, to be honest with you. Yeah, I, I thought that it was kind of right there for the taking, and uh, his gas tank showed up, but um, couldn't get it done. Too little, too late, honestly. But it was weird because Perrin is known as a great striker. Richie Lang, obviously, is known as a super long. The fact that he ever made 125 is ridiculous. And 
I guess the tide didn't turn as fast as I thought it was going to. Arichi Lang stayed within himself a little bit better, didn't gas out as fast. And so, I mean, I think if the fight had another two minutes, Jay Perrin gets the finish. But at last, he did not. So 0-2 off the rip in the beginning. But here we go. We got a submission. Rear naked choke, Amiro Bazi over Francisco Figueredo. Elmiro Bazi is that dude. That's yeah. for certain. But massive line. Paid his price, though, for all those parlay ads. Yeah, I had him in a couple parlays. And, Reese, you and I talked on the phone right before the fights about uh, what we were going to do with our lock of the night play, Yeah, our ankle lock. And um, you you mentioned the over in this. And you asked if I was worried about Figgy getting sub or Figgy getting the sub. And I, I, I said something along the lines of, of Amir's just going to run through him. I'm more worried about it hitting under because of that. And so, yeah, so this, so the, we were talking about the angle lock and I said, I think the over is good because both of these men are, are black belts in Brazilian jiu-jitsu and lean submission. And usually when that happens, you know, you see 50, 50 positions, you don't really see anything get fully cinched up. And sometimes you see them not grapple all together, but Danny thankfully talked us out of it because Amir, as good as Figueredo is with his jits, Amir is just like that much better. And we'll keep mentioning it as we go across this uh, this fight card. But Reese and I did a nice tiptoe job in a minefield this weekend when it comes to picking that ankle lock. Yeah, it was not easy. But yet, at last, we got it done, which honestly, I'm pissed we got it done because I lost a couple parlay legs. But we'll keep we'll, we'll, we'll update you there when we get to the main event. Ange Lusa defeats AJ Fletcher, in my opinion, was fight of the night. Kobe will let us know if that's the case. No? Wow. But this one was crazy. It went back and forth, absolute slugfest. By round three, I mean, Lusa was on stilts for a while. By round three, Fletcher was on empty. It was it was an insane fight. Ultimately went Ange Lusa's way, unanimous decision, and the first ticket of my day that I actually cast, which is awesome. Anything to add on that? AJ Fletcher, I know, gassed. Didn't really implement his wrestling. Ange Lusa had Gilbert Durino on his corner which is always awesome to see best corner man in the game. And got a 10, eight there. And he got 10, eight there. Well-deserved. And once again, the, Thor, the, the, I believe the story of this card was gas tanks, failing people. You saw De Silva, even though it was early and, but Danny said this dude fades after two minutes, which by right. the way, I'm not sure we did it justice on the fact that this was happening in Salt Lake city at that's fair. Elevation. I don't think that we did enough justice to that talking through it pre-fight and it certainly showed up all up and down the card which was errant on our part because when dan and i were talking angle lock that's like a big factor that actually made us send our angle lock was the elevation right um but yeah that 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 was a, a misstep another misstep is everything sean woodson did and that's not even a bad transition sean woodson came in minus 320 against Luis saldana it ends in a draw because of an illegal knee that 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 took a point. The illegal knee, just to paint a picture for you guys, Saldana rocked him, Woodson gets up. Saldana dropped him again, this time with a straight left or a jab. It was not a hard shot. Woodson was on stilts. Woodson falls back. And as Woodson tries to get up, Saldana throws a knee to an already wounded gazelle that resulted in a point taken. This then... I don't know how the scorecards came. They did. I thought Woodson with the point would have uh, 
ended up getting it done, but he did not. It was a, it ends in a draw. One judge had 29, 27 Woodson, one judge at 29, 27 Saldana, one judge at 28, 28. I think 28, 28 is the best card. Um, but at, at last, this was a very fucking weird one. And I, dude, Sean Woodson calls himself the sniper, super, super rangy. He's like six, three, one There was a lot of hype on him with some of his wins. And I'm not saying Luis Saldana is a guy that just you roll through, but this looked really bad. I mean, Woodson looked like he had zero defense, nothing to his strikes, almost like he was a touch fighter. You know what I mean? A point fighter. He just tap, 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 nothing. Um, so for a guy who has a flying knee win over Terrence McKinney and a split decision win over Yusuf Zalal, two guys who are, are fast and, and decent strikers, now drops to Luis Aldana, or draws to Luis Aldana. But in my opinion, the entire MMA world calls that a loss. Yeah, 100%. He, he looked awful. Dan, not to put you on the spot, did you have him in any of your parlays? No, that was one uh, I stayed away big time. Huge, huge. Um, Jared Gordon, uh, Leonardo Santos, unanimous decision, nothing special on either end. Yeah, this was the beginning of two big dog plays. I took I took half a unit on Santos and one unit on a fight coming up. But yeah. um, th- this was just this was just not the performance that that Santos needed to maybe stay in the UFC. He could be done here. I I thought that Jared just looked better than him everywhere. At forty three too. Yeah. I'm also a little disappointed Jared didn't get the finish, to be honest. I'm not like, I know it's hard to expect that at this elite of a level, but Leonardo Santos, 43, super slow, was hurt a lot. And Jared just couldn't seemingly get it, which when you look at the 155 pound the top 20, if, if you're in the top 20, you finish Leonardo Santos every time. You know what I mean? It, it shows that there's just skill gaps there. Dan, I'm going to introduce this next one. You can, because this was a huge play that actually, Dan had to have been drunk at the time because we kind of fought a little bit in the group. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we did get into it on the phone. Um, I had a unit on Marcin <laughs> Tybura. Um, it crept up all the way to plus 440 on fight day, which is That's a ridiculous, ridiculous number. Yeah, it's um, I had a unit on it. Wish I had a little bit more. But uh, the, pr- the principle was just that we've seen Romanov struggle against the only person that was able to grapple at a similar level to him in Juan Espino. And it wasn't even that Juan was out grappling him or anything. And it was not even that Marcin out grappled him. He didn't. He got kind of smashed, not kind of smashed. He got smashed in the first round. Um, but after that, the gas take was over. And someone like Marcin, who's a very capable heavyweight, um, was able to fight back and win the next two handily. Really, I don't think he lost a second of the next two rounds after stuffing the first takedown in the second round. And yeah. so, yeah, it paid off big time. And Tibera, in my opinion, is absolutely slept on. And you, not from someone like you, you knew what Tibera is capable of. I'm talking more the general public who let it creep up to 440. I mean, mm-hmm. Tibera is still a top 15 heavyweight. And I, I will argue that till tooth and nail. The other thing that I liked about this was, I think this is a big learning point for Romanov. Everyone needs it in their career. And when you're 16 and 0 and you haven't, you have to learn from your mistakes in this game. I mean, Charles Oliveira lost a bunch of times. RDA lost his first two UFC fights. I mean, you need to lose. Outside of Habib, 
you got to lose. I mean, honestly, you could look at Kamaru. If Kamaru lost early in his career, he might not have pushed the pace with a minute left in a, in a title bout. You're winning. You, you need to uh, learn from your losses. So I think Romanov, this actually helps him for his title aspirations. Is that a crazy sentence? It's not crazy. He, he's still at the very beginning of, it, of his window. He's 31 years old. He's That's got a older decade. than I thought. I would have guessed he was younger than that. I mean, 16 and 0. It's a pretty extensive record. He made a late entrance to the UFC. Oh, yeah. And Tibera's 36. So Tibera's on. Yeah. So this is almost, this was an opportunity for a passing of a torch. Not quite. But Dan, great job. Because Danny was so confident early in the week, I actually kept Romanov out of all my parlays. So another hats off. Thank you, Dan. It pays to listen. You know, you've heard it here. Um, Oh, and then one more thing. I want to table this to Kobe before we leave this fight and make it to the main card. Kobe, I, Dan and I got into it a little bit. I don't know if you heard about what, what over it was ruthless. I said, and I'm adamant at this, that first round has to be a 10, eight. If that's not a 10, eight round, I don't know what is a round. What is a 10, eight round. And Danny said, I I, I said that there's no way it is. And there's no way. I I can give my reasoning after you go, but uh, what do you think? So really quickly, I don't get how that's not a 10-8 first round because I I can, I I can run it through. Yeah. You know, I'll wait. I'll wait. What did you think, Kobe? I mean, you saw this bout, right? I had Danny, I had Danny describe it to me afterwards. What is the, it's damage, duration, and the three D's. Dominance. Dominance. Okay. Dominance. Honestly, I could go either way. I think it's a little bit just. No, no, no. You don't go either way. It's just a 10-8. Listen. Dominance was there. And Danny and I were saying, and this is the problem with MMA judging to begin with. And I know this is going to get us bogged down, but I'll try to go quick. Everything's up for, for inter- like There's subjectivity. You, you, can skip, you can skip duration and dominance. It's damage. That's the one. It's, he, did, he did a really good job of making it a shutout. And it was a complete shutout round. But the damage wasn't there for me. And so but having when, two to three Ds, me, not 10 When someone gets zero strikes off, zero. And still you, only two of the three. And you games. land 30. And the control time is three minutes and 30 seconds to zero. I mean, I you, understand. I, I understand. Mean, it, it's a dominant round. So, is, I, I'll, I'll, so, so let me ask you this. If one of those punches managed to cut him, let's say, is it now a 10-8 because of a little blood off a cut? Yeah, but I didn't think he hit him once hard enough to like even like consider that. I, I, I didn't think that at any point was the fight close to being called off or was the judge even considering it, even though it was but a completely is, one-sided but is that part of a 10-8 is that it needs to be close to being stopped or can it try? I think just- that that's the idea of damage. It, I, and it just goes back to, I, I really wish that we could get clear guidelines because I tweeted, Dan, I tweeted off the ankle pick pot account worth a follow. I said, if that's not a 10-8, I don't know what is got support from people, people that we respect. A lot of people that we think, I, I think it was Ben, uh, Ben Davis was like, I agree, man. That's crazy. So shout out Ben Davis. That was some horse poop. But also but yeah. shout out those judges for not giving it a 10, <laughs> yeah. eight. Thank Honestly, you. Tybura cash. Let, let's rock and roll. I had no skin in the game. Dan did. I will take a Tibera house win, but I'm glad that one judge did in fact do it a 10, eight. So I don't look like a total fish out of water. All right, main card time. Country Club did not really back me as much as I thought he would on the 10-8, so we'll go straight to the main card. Tyson Pedro defeats uh, Harry Hunsucker. Hunsucker got a quick paycheck. I'm almost jealous of Hunsucker because he had to eat one body shot, curl up in a ball, and got paid probably pretty decently um, for being a main card pay-per-view. 
I mean, he's that, probably making 10 and 10. Let's be honest. Not on a main card pay-per-view. He, he walked away with 50 and that's it. But 50K to get to fake a body shot. I love to see it. Tyson Pedro, easiest win of his career. What do we think? I mean, it's Tyson I, Pedro. I thought you were going to say I, I'm honestly jealous of Harry Hunsucker because somehow without really ever having the credentials or working his way up, he to go around calling himself a UFC fighter for the rest of his life. The other thing, too, can we just address something really quickly? And I know UFC 280 and 281 are stacked and whatever. How the fuck did this fight and Lucy Putalova, Yanan Wu make the main card? I need someone to answer for this. I need someone to answer for this. I mean, Tybura Romanov is more exciting. I don't even need to go through it. Every fight below this, I would rather see than those two. I think the only thing I can think of is, is that it's an ABC thing. And ABC is like, I'm not letting you guys give me fucking Pudi Loba and Hunsucker. And give yeah. me at least Tybura. And Could the execs at ABC are like, we Could need be. something to like give or, our viewers. I also think they do try to get um, different walks. So I think they wanted a woman fight on the main card. But still, because they knew DJs like me was paying no matter what. And DJs like you were illegally streaming it no matter what. So they knew that they could throw a card on there and we would still be getting it backhanded shot at Dan, even though I'm the sucker for paying. But Tyson Pedro, Harry Hunsucker, first round, one minute. Is there anything to talk about? Should we stop here? What's what's going on with this? Nothing? I is would Pedro, say that Hunsucker is going to get a pink slip, but I don't know how he ever got a contract. Is Pedro top 15? Early to tell. I won't say. I agree. Early to tell. Hard to tell. I know what you mean. Yeah. Hard to tell. And I'm not saying he's going to be a fade spot. But I'm not saying that he's not going to be a fade spot. His losses before his big layoff were Elir Latifi, Oving St. Peru, uh, Shogun Hua, and his wins since being back are Ike Villanueva and Harry Hunsucker. Sounds if he like continued, if he continues to be lined anywhere close to these 630s and 800s, I mean, of course, but I, I don't see that being the case against any, any legit competitor. Yeah, he's got a, the UFC is definitely building him up. Pudelova, Yan and Wu combined O and I think eight together in their last eight bouts. I think each one of them lost every fight. Like UFC bouts, sorry. Yeah, Pudelova ended her UFC career on O and four. Skid, skid comes back. And then Yan and Wu is currently, she was on a three fight skid. So O and seven in seven fights slides into the main card. Yan and Wu loses via demolishing. Uh, it was elbows from the back mount vicious elbows Pudelova looks reinvented but at the same time who cares is that a bad take it's not a bad take I mean definitely who cares right now I need to see a lot more for her to be in any kind of conversation of mattering how old is Pudelova these days 28 honestly and she fights out of uh didn't she have um Kovna on her corner I don't remember she did I think we're gonna go with that she did so, Lone women's fight on the card, 0-1 dogs this week. Okay. Yeah. And this this was one of those where it might not have been the dog, depending on when you get it. I think Wu opened it a favorite, and then Sharp Money came in for a while. But where we get it, fight night, 0-1, that's a tough scene. All right, now we're getting into the meat here. And, and Danny ain't no vegetarian. He likes the meat. Marab Dewalish Wheelie defeats... Kobe, say it for me. Defeats. He defeated non-offensive Jose Aldo. No, he beat defeated Josie Aldo. No, no. Are you impressed? Are you impressed? It's a good win. 
No, I, okay, here's what I'll say. Here's what I'll say. I would rather Davalashvili do what he did than, than go out there and get Rob Fonted or Pedro Munoz or Cheeto Verad. Like, he won the fight. That's kind of the goal. Now, hey, he, he controlled the fight. I, I, this is this is a and this is where like the meat's gonna come in or what Reese is saying, and this is why Kobe and I are harping so much on this Marab. I think it was Reese who initially brought up the fact that the scoring for wrestling in particular is wrong because th- there's no reward for stuffing takedowns, and you go 100 percent, 16 for 16, you completely yeah. you completely smother your opponent's best course of action and actually their only game plan, and. Somehow they're they're rewarded for that. So the because... way I look at it is, and, and I remember talking about it, what it is is it should be neutral. So you don't get points for the defensive stuffing the takedowns because, you know, people might just fucking hold takedowns the whole time. But the guy who's putting the offense in the pressure, it should also be neutralized. They shouldn't get points for not getting the takedown and controlling them. However, even with that criteria – Aldo, actually, I'm not arguing this fight for Aldo. I'm, we're not no, no, sitting no, here and saying he like, oh, Aldo should have won or this or that. That was a really just unimpressive so, fight across the board. It was disappointing. I was frustrated. It, I agree. It, it was. I agree to I'm that. I'm still mad about it. Like I, yeah, I was just disappointed. Average. But guys, the big thing about fights is it takes two to tango, and, and Marab was engaging. Marab was trying to push the fight, and Aldo threw six strikes every round. We got some right. posts from Dan afterwards. Yeah, I know. I know. You're setting it, whatever. Rob didn't fight like someone eager to fight for a title. And basically that Dana had given Marab this opportunity as a way to shine. And he didn't. It's just. It's he, not. He how different really is it? let Dana down in a big spot. How different is it from week one of contender series where we had all these guys fighting for chances just and, and and obviously we're talking different things. It's getting contracts versus getting titles. See, shots. we all say this, but if Marab loses this fight, we're all just like, oh, back down the board you go. Congrats to Josie Aldo. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's easy. Well, we're, to not, say- we're not talking about wins and losses so much that we're talking about impressing the boss. Going over sixteen, it doesn't matter who gets the the W there. It doesn't matter about Jose Aldo. It was just like I mean, we've seen this, but we've seen, I mean, dude, uh, Damian Maya. Went over well, wins a win. The we're not taking a win away. We're, we're, we're you know. No, I know, but I feel like people do. are d- d- diminishing the fact that Marab really beat a pound-for-pound pound goat. Does Marab's cards go for more after this fight or before this fight? They actually go for more after this fight because he beat a legend and is lining himself up for a title fight. But are you selling the, uh, out or are you holding out? I'm still holding out because I know that Marab is good enough to hold gold. See, I... I as of what we've seen from this last fight, I'm not. And uh, I, I, think that Piotr Jan, like, I think that Piotr Jan is, is also on, on my side. He tweeted out, no wrestling, no striking. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah, Jan. but, dude, Piotr Jan talks the same shit about the guy who just kicked his ass in Aljo Sterling. And you think that a guy in Marab who is, is, is already vocalized that he won't fight his teammate is going to, like, sniff the belt when when – I think – I think Marab's going to have to fight one more time. And then I think Aljo moves to 45 for a super fight. I don't know about all that, man. That's what they say. But How are you going to keep Piotr Jan down? Or, or. How or, are you going to keep Piotr Jan or, down? Listen to this. Listen to this. Or, or TJ Dillashaw 
beats Aljo. Marab beats TJ. How, how are you going to keep Piotr Jan down? Where, where is the single best fighter in the bantamweight division when you talk about all these things? I don't know. Who's Piotr fighting? He's got a fight booked, right? Sugar. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's just a money fight. What are we talking about? You're going to go, oh, Piotr, you beat Sugar. Title shot. What are you going to tell the Piotr? <laughs> I'm going to tell Piotr to go fight Marab. That's All right, before we move on, we actually had a crypto bonus on this one. Jose Aldo, 10K. That, nice. that bonus is working. No, crypto bonus needs to stop. It's actually laughable. The name um, recognition bonus. Okay, so this one crushed me. I had a two-unit play out on the under adjusted under two and a half rounds. And I don't really know what to make of it, but Paulo Costa beats Luke Rockhold the unanimous decision i mean he won the fight but like i mean the thing to make of it is that this was the for me the biggest um altitude being a thing i think the finish is there a hundred different ways if the if they're fighting in any different city in america uh well rockhold was dead rockhold was dead rockhold but he went down swinging he did no and i have no disrespect for rockhold i actually gained respect for rockhold after this sure i agree um but paulo costa man I don't think he is learning like I wish he would. You know what I mean? I mean, how many times do we need to see this dude gasp before we're like, okay. I mean, the finish was there for Costa. I don't Marvin Vittori, Marvin Vittori gets the finish. Robert Whitaker gets the finish. Adesanya gets the finish. Like all these guys finish him. We I all agree. I'm more impressed with Costa than when I walked in. I think that, that if that's your angle, then I agree. Yeah, but, I'm fine with that. Oh, I, I think I disagree with that. Costa showed me a completely different part of his game than that uh, we had what? never seen. He completely outgrappled Luke Rockhold in that in that those exchanges, those scrambles in the first round. Rockhold. That was really impressive. That was something that I had not it seen was, previously from Paulo. That was, was a really shining sign that uh, he's adding to his game. I want to I want to give him his props there. I would argue I would argue that Rockhold was already dead, but I I don't know. I think the fight definitely went off the rails after that first round. But I was really impressed with those scrambles and him out scrambling someone in the Rockhold who is incredibly game in that department. Okay, I like Dan looking at the positives. I mean, we got bonuses. Uh, fight of the night, fifty k for both these guys oh. and thirty k crypto for Costa. Oh, who was in charge of that bonus? This was not fight of the night, in my opinion. This was sloppy as hell. Low volume sloppiness, dude. Rockhold was like, oh my god, whoever's in, that's that's bad. I will say, uh, Reese, although you lost your play, this was helpful for our um, the previously first place in the lock of the night game had fight doesn't go the distance, Costa Rockhold that bit them in the butt. And that's a sharp-ass bet, too. So, sorry. It was minus 280 for a lock of night play. They were playing no, insane. No, but, I'm saying, like, that's a, but I'm saying that's a good ticket. I like that ticket. I don't hate that ticket. I mean, I, I was on the ticket. I took under two and a half for my, my at minus two twenty. So I don't I don't hate that ticket. So while we're on it, what do we have? Has Manprint updated the standings at all? How are we, we so Kobe and I were discussing it a little bit Saturday we're night, fourth, right? Uh, yeah, we moved from third to fourth because of two. Uh, yeah, yeah, because of two 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 people on Tiber. Yeah, two people on Tiber. Yeah. But the distance between us and first is less than what it was the week before this week. Okay, so overall, would you say we have – It's a winner of a week. 
Okay, win every week. That's what I was getting at for everybody. Okay, win every, every week. week where we stay positive. It's a survivor at this point. It's it's stay okay. above the green and and seen in seven ankle locks in 2022. And this one, I won't lie to everybody. This one was one of our luckier ankle locks. Um, we usually have in deciding victory. And to be fair, Dan and I were deciding between this and the curtain jerker under, which would have crushed in clean fashion. But we went with this one for I don't plus one thirty five juice. Yeah. Uh, Kamar Usman gets finished with a minute left in the, in, in round five by Leon Rocky Edwards, the truest real life Rocky story I've ever seen. We took fight does not go the distance, not under four and a half. We took fight does not go the distance and it paid off. Uh, we were this close to taking that four and a half. Yeah, we were. <laughs> <That> was- <laughs> um, but the reason why we didn't was the altitude. So it, it ended up paying off. I, look, I look at is this. This reminds me so much of the light heavyweight bout we saw earlier with 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 uh, Yuri. I think Yuri is looked at as a champion in very similar vein that Leon is looked at as a champion. And do you know what I saw in remarkable fashion online, on Twitter, everywhere in the MMA world? Everyone thinks that and I mean, I know Kamaru's getting the rematch, but if he doesn't, everyone was celebrating that Colby is going uh, to have no the welterweight title. There is no if he doesn't. Dan is already talking about the fact that they're moving around the promotion schedule to go to the UK. No, I know. I know. What I'm saying, though, is what I'm gauging from the public is that Leon isn't even looked at as the second or third best welterweight. I mean, people think that this could be, I know that the rematch is happening, but people who don't know the rematch is happening think Colby would win. They think Gilbert would win. So it's interesting to see that because he got dominated for three of the five rounds, four of the five rounds until he got that head kick off, it reminds me a lot of the Yuri Pohashka. Yeah, the big difference in those two is Yuri came in, uh, Yuri came in as a huge favorite and pulled off the big last second upset mm-hmm. um, after the lie line had switched versus Kamaru entering the favorite and dominating but yeah huge props to leon i saw those uh compilations coming out of his coaches talking and training and setting up that head kick and it was something that they were drilling and uh, so i i can't bring myself to call it lucky or a fluke five round fight for a reason i wouldn't call that either i wouldn't call it lucky or a fluke but i would call it championship mismanagement i would say it was a mistake by kamaru he overengaged um but, you know, Leon never gave up on himself. I know the cornermans had some unbelievable quotes that have been filtering around. But I don't know. This is, this is in my, all my years of watching MMA, I would say this. The Anderson Silva over when he uh, tapped out Chael Sonnen and uh, the Yuri Pohashkar, the three craziest fucking championship comebacks I've ever seen. Wild. All, it's don't good disagree. for the sport. It's good for the sport, but... I don't 50K know. I'm, to Leon, yeah, well deserved. Twenty k crypto to Usman. <laughs> Are you serious? Wait, so the crypto bonuses were Usman loser, Aldo loser, and then you said thirty k to Costa. Yeah. Oh, that's just God. not working. But whatever, it's not our problem. Yeah, that is not our problem. They should limit the options. Honestly, people should be giving to the curtain jerkers just as memes. That's ridiculous. Okay. Um. That's kind of hilarious, actually. Okay, so that closes the books on UFC 278. Wild, wild. Summary going into kind of the 
three quarters, kind of the halfway point, but a break. Are you, uh, you up, you down? How you, how you feeling Reese? Oh, after last week I got crushed and I was doing unbelievable. I had Ange Lusa. I told you about the two curtain jerkers that I lost on the closing line value, but I had every parlay that came down to Usman. Um, that's to tough. win, it was to win. Like I lost my my parlay on Usman too. Yeah, my my parlays all added to win twelve point five units, something like that. And uh, it was probably bankroll mismanagement. I should have hedged. I didn't. Um, but yeah, that kick really, for really cost me. That really cost me. The ankle lock helped eased it a little bit, but that cost me. Ankle lock helped me. I uh, I'm cruising into the break. Six and a half units greener. I mean, Dan, you're absolutely going nuts. Like going nuts. Um, it's uh just under 30 units for the year. It's a one hell of a year. And we're looking to keep it going. We have UFC Paris, and Dan's gonna have two weeks in advance to in lieu of this one to uh get that taping in. Kobe, I'm gonna kick it over to you for news and notes. We can start here. Um, and then we'll recap Tuesday Night Contender series. Yeah, let's let's run it. You you mentioned Paris. Uh, Taylor, I'm going to botch this name, but Lapalus, who was going to make his UFC debut injury off of the UFC Paris card. We do have a replacement though. Um, Khalid Taha, who he was supposed to fight stepping in for Lapalus is Christian Quinones. Quinones, wait, this is, this is a, by the way, wait, wait, his first name's Christian Quinones. Christian Quinones. Yeah. Not okay. I think that's he's a different off contender series at some yeah, point. Yeah, it's a different Kionas. There was a Jose Kionas who was in the UFC for a little bit, but not him. Okay. Um, we also have an injury to Danny Henry. So his fight against Ricardo Hamos is off of UFC Paris. This card all of a sudden is like nine fights. Mm. No, I have it as 12. Okay. On topology. We'll get the stats department on that one, but. Yeah, look at Tapology. They added a couple, I think. All right. Well, let's, though. let's cruise through some more exciting stuff. Um, UFC 279. That is September 10th. Tony Ferguson, Lee Jinglian announced at welterweight. Yeah. I cannot up. wait for this one. Yeah, but that's a fight that no one knew they needed. Like, what? That came out of nowhere. Just glad to see Tony getting a matchup that's not yeah, me too. A, a top three killer. Yeah, me too. From 279 to 280, this is the Abu Dhabi card added to, what, October 22nd. The 17th fight announced on that card. Magomed wow. Mustafaev and Jamie Malarkey. 17th fight? What? Jeez. They're gonna, they're gonna, this card's going to be 12 hours long. No, they're expecting some to fall off, I bet. But yeah, wow. Yeah, but maybe they won't. I mean, hopefully they don't. I, I I won't be bored. And they're all bangers. I'm excited for every single one of those 17 fights. Yeah, I'm not going to be bored. I'm chilling. Um, 280 to 281. I got a couple to announce here. Ottoman Azaitar and Matt Frivola. Been a minute since we saw him. Yeah, and and I I uh and Ottoman. He he hasn't fought in a while either. Um, also announced for 281 this is November 12th, Dan Hooker and Claudio Puelles. I love Puelles in that one. I'll find really interesting on matchup. It's it, 
feels like Dan Hooker keeps on placing himself in tough stylistic matchups. He does. And against tough tough guys. Poilers is a young up and comer that like, this isn't a big name that Dan Hooker is going to get like props for. You know what I mean? Um, I mean, props to Hangman. He never shies away. Carlos Olberg, Nikolai Negumaranu. Same card. Olberg. I like Olberg there. That's awesome. That's a great Uh, fight. And then unconfirmed co-main, but all but confirmed due to the Twitter of Dustin Poirier. (laughs) Dustin and Michael Chandler. That's in 281 in New York? Yep. That'll be sweet. Co-main for Pajera. Izzy. That'll be awesome. Mike, the thing about Mike Chandler, he's not a guy that I think is like necessarily as good as a lot of these guys he's facing, but he puts on a fucking show. I mean, he's a phenomenal showman. He's ridiculous. He was he was this close to Charles Oliveira never holding gold. Which is ridiculous. Uh, let's not to forget think about. that. Which is ridiculous to think about. But I but like when he goes into these Poirier's and Gaethje's, I I do lean Gaethje, Poirier. I, I think those guys can can handle him, but he's exciting as all hell. 281 to 282. We're talking December 10th. Edmund Shabazian and Dalcha Lanjambula. Really interesting matchup. Yeah. Wow. When was I like that Edmund fight? It's been a while. His last fight was uh um, Brunson. No, it was uh no, it was the guy who's on this this Paris card. It was again Nasruddin Imavov. Yes, you're right. Yeah, and 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 he he got outclassed there. But people forget how young Edmund is. He's like 23 or 24. Um, and I think this this matchup favors him a little bit. So, last one to announce the following week: Julian Marquez, Duran Win. A couple of losers from the UFC Austin card, but exciting guys. Oh, I thought you were just straight up calling them losers. Yeah, Julian <laughs> Marquez. Uh, yeah, I mean that fight doesn't really. I'm shocked that made news and notes, but. All right. We'll be doing his due diligence, which I respect. Um, contender series, five contracts. Let's talk about it because this was a sweet, sweet card. Um, so contender series, Tuesday nights have been shaping out to be one of the best nights of the week. And this one was the night of the underdogs, which you'd love to see. All five guys got contracts. So the first fight was Denise Gomez versus Ryan on Amanda. And I think both these girls in a lot of worlds could get contracts. Um, Denise Gomez did, but it takes two to tango and Amanda put up a phenomenal performance in her own right. So I'm very impressed with both these girls. I think we see Amanda in the UFC at some point. Dan, did you see this? Did you, did you catch the Cameron Simon versus Josh Wang Kim? Yo. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. This kid's special man. 21 years old. Um, Comes in, eats a lot of hard body kicks from Josh Wayne Kim, who's who's uh, he was 29, so eight years his senior. And this was a line that had gotten beat up. It, it had started yeah. um, with, with, I think Wang um, is a heavy favorite, and then it closed. I think, and then no, it, I think I think it was the other way. I think it started. David is a heavy favorite, and it closed Simon is a favorite, yeah. and it closed Simon Dog. Yeah, but Simon. Um, Looked really poised. He's 21 years old, second um, youngest fighter rostered and and youngest male, um, a couple months younger than Makayev. But, dude, 
I'm shocked at what we're seeing out of these young kids these days. You would never would have seen this five, even five years ago. Um, just shows the how fast this sport's growing. Uh, so uh, Jesus Santos Aguilar versus Arison Ferreira. This one, I don't think I give a contract to Aguilar there. He, he won via submission in the third round. He was game, but lost a lot. made a lot of mistakes. Lost a lot of 50-50 positions. Um, tried to get two or three outside trips where he ended on his back and gave mount to Ferreira. It was sloppy, but really tight guillotine. Got the job done. Love to see that there. Dan, Darius Flowers beats uh, – another Georgian Gogoladze. I was and, surprised he got the contract there. So it was an injury, correct? Yeah. And it I wasn't think, on the slam either. So, so tapology has it being from the slam. I, I didn't know watching what it was a, a, a slow-mo video today. You can see the shoulder pop way before the slam. It's, it's in the tie up at when um, they're kind of in like a, I don't know. It's a, it's a shoulder tie up. It was, some kind of go-go plot. It was, plot yeah, it was some, really some kind weird. Of. It was really weird. But what's awesome about this is this is kind of Darius Flowers speaking his thing into his ex- existence. I know Dana was talking about how what Flowers was saying to Dana was enough for him to get a contract if he won. He was saying how, you know, no one's going to stop me from my dream. I'm going to go out there and finish this guy. I'm the real deal, all stuff. And Dana bought in. And so even though the injury was flukish, I, I hope that's not off base of saying um, Flowers still earned himself a contract, but definitely weird. Feel bad for the Gogoladze uh, backers. And then Michael Parkin pulls off the upset against uh, Eduardo Nevis. Two heavyweights, uh, both undefeated at the time, both 5-0. and oh, And uh, Michael Parkin got it done via rear naked choke, no less. Swore would be out from them slinging it on the feet but he got it done via uh, rear naked choke instead. I also would like to mention that my inverse Yanni, the Greek parlay paid well. He had Denise Gomez as his first leg and I loved Gomez. So I'd left that leg out, but I took um, Aguilar parlayed with Parkin and cause he was on the other side of both. And that worked, that worked out well. It was awesome. So fade the Greek. We forgot to mention, but the Usman yeah. fight main card, Yanni the Greek parlay, fade Yanni. It was what? It was Usman to win. Usman to have the most takedowns and under four and a half. Yeah, clean sweep. I don't know takedowns, but. Yeah, I mean, it's it's honestly almost ridiculous. Like, I don't know how he got the gig, but he, like Ian Parker, he actually, I, like he's on the PFL a lot. He does well. He researches his picks and, and he actually gives winners. I cannot say the same for Yanni the Greek. He exclusively seemingly loses here. It's just is, as impressive as he never is if he never hit, lost. No, right. It's honestly more impressive because he's you know he's trying and he's still whiffing every single time. It's remarkable. Um, so shout out Yanni the Greek. Fade the Greek has been working phenomenally. Back to back cards up big, thanks to the Greek. Um, so yeah, another good Tuesday in the books. You'll have one more Tuesday buffer. Uh, before UFC Paris. So hopefully that'll bend the gap because I'm itching, but whatever. I'll start taping for Paris early. Speaking of, let's yeah. get to Paris. I would love nothing more. Fly me to the Eiffel Tower. Kobe, take over, baby. September 3rd, happy birthday to my mother. Uh, the Accor Arena in Paris, France is where the UFC will be at. 11 a.m. Central Time prelims. 2 p.m. Central Time main card. Um, 
stats department still hasn't gotten back to us how many flights are on that main or are on that card altogether, but it's dwindling at the moment with all the cancellations. Uh, we got five fights set the spread for Reese coming off the most recent victory and has a two game lead in 20. Feel like it's more Kobe. Are you snubbing me on wins? It feels like it's more. It doesn't mean as much when every week you say it feels like it's more. Yeah. You've messed up too many times. I'm in the right. Um, first fight we're going to run through here. Technically, currently a prelim fight, but we're working our way through. Middleweight bout, Nasardine Imabov and Joaquin Buckley. Reese, go for it. It's actually a sweet fight. Um, Wow. Stylistically, this one's interesting because Nasardine is definitely a crisper striker, like as far as like being more technical. But Buckley seemingly continues to surprise. Um, I know I remember he beat Albert Duryev earlier this year or Duryev. Um, you know, Buckley surprises me and then he goes out and gets head kicked by DeCarico. So you, you, you know, I mean, people get caught, but it's, it's the sloppiness that I would put into question, but his raw physique is ridiculous. But Imavov, I'm a huge buyer on Imavov and I'm interesting to see Dan's take. I imagine he's in a similar vein, but Imavov just needs to put together his wrestling. I mean, I think he would struggle with, Phenomenal wrestlers, but this, I imagine, stays striking. I think everyone kind of imagines this to say stay striking. And so for that reason, I imagine that Imavov probably is favored decently. Um, I mean, anything in the ones, I'm I'm comfortably riding Imavov. Admin wrestles Imavov, if I remember correctly, did okay there. Ian Heinish can push the wrestle and wrestle. Imavov did okay there. I'm going to go Imavov minus 210, Dan. And I think that it could be even higher, but Buckley's just super popular, flash KOs, extreme power. I think that's going to dampen this line a little bit, be a little bit of a wet blanket on it because people can't pay 300 when there's a guy who can knock him out with any shot. 200 is a little more valuable. I'll go minus 210. Um, I think that you're really right around it. It's... I've got a lot of respect for Imabov. I think you're underrating his wrestling a little bit. Mm-hmm. But um, even in that Phil Hawes loss, the decision, uh, he was getting tagged a little bit. So, like, uh, the power of, of Joaquin Buckley is definitely something fans are going to consider. I'm not sure that they're considering it this early. I think that this line is going to come towards Joaquin Buckley. Oh, You think it's going to go fr- towards Buckley from here, you're saying? Yeah, once the once the public like starts oh, okay, to okay, touch okay. it, I, I don't think they've really gotten it yet. I think that you're like whatever your uh... analysis. Yeah, the the the, the storyline, the the narrative. Yeah, the narrative. That's you the word. Kobe. The that's word the word, one, dude. That's, that's the one. The narrative here. You're right, Kobe. Uh, Kobe. But um, yeah, I think the timing's a little off. So I think it's higher than your number. Um, I've got this this stuck in my head that Kobe thinks I'm playing the game poorly, so I'm going 220. Uh, Danny's gonna take the point. Oh, wow. 260. 260. Okay, I, I was gonna go 240. So I, I oh, that's doesn't big. matter. Wow, I was gonna go 240, but like, on remember me. at the end of the episode a couple weeks ago, Kobe, I do. like, never play the game. You saw, it. yeah, I'm coming for your ass. <laughs> never forget. I would like. I hope that Sunny quote didn't go in vain. 
That's why you're here, man. You can bail word me word. out. Of, you can bail me out of jams, dude. You you really need to work on that English, though. What do you mean? You couldn't think of the word words, dude. <laughs> uh, this one opened minus one eighty. By the way, that was two weeks ago. Um, on to the main card. Featherweight bout: Charles Jordan and Nathaniel Wood. Dan, go for it. Mm. Yeah, this is a really interesting matchup between two prospects. I have a ton of respect for. Um, Nathaniel Wood is, is, I mean, his nickname literally is the prospect coming off that Charles Rosa win that was just dominant. I mean, he didn't lose a second. Um, and and Jordan coming off a loss, Shane Burgos, no longer with the UFC, but that's definitely not a loss that anyone's holding against him. And that was an extremely fun fight um, that was really, really close. Yeah. And, and that he definitely walked away with more respect and more, um, gained more in my eyes from that fight than, than he lost. What I'm really drawn to kind of looking at their past records is um, this, this Nathaniel Wood-Casey Kenny fight and where that was lying. And I think that we're going to come out of uh, another matchup between two really, really talented prospects with a similar line. And I would have said before each of their most recent fights that it would have been flipped and I would have had Jordan as, as like a slight favorite, but I've got Nathaniel Wood actually as the slight favorite coming off the win, even though um, I think that Jordan might be the better fighter. I think there's more momentum on Nathaniel Wood's name. And I think the odds makers are going to have him as a favorite, even though it's slight. I'm, I'm talking about margins here because I have it pretty close to even. So I'm going to go to Nathaniel Wood. Uh, Minus 115. Minus 115. That's so wild because I have the exact same thing as Danny, but for the opposite. Like everything he said was just flipped. Like I think Nathaniel Wood probably is a little bit better of the fighter. Um, I used to watch him a lot in Cage Warriors though, so I might be a little bit biased. But I do think, so I've been following his career for a while. I think Nathaniel Wood might be a little bit better of the fighter, but I think that um, Charles Jordan actually gets a lot of steam on his name. I think a lot of people, because he came into the UFC being um, consistently overlooked and he kind of strung it together with like fight of the night with Juliana Rosa, fight of the night with maybe Shane Burgos. That fight was awesome. Um, so he's he's so game that I thought, I literally had it as the inverse. Um, and then I actually had the inverse line. I thought Dan was going to go minus 120 for wood because i have 120 for charles jordan so literally everything dan said just hit him with the uno reverse card um and i will go uh charles jordan minus 120 minus 140 jordan oh mm. where's open where's open minus 200 jordan oh that's a bad wow line. yeah that's a bad line yeah that got jumped on that was just mid-august so what yeah, last that, week that's that's a bad line but yeah i i so, so Dan was right that the steam, I mean, the line's huge. It had to go that way, but I was intrigued to see if it opened on Woodside and went towards Jordan. I feel like Jordan gets a little bit more respect in the MMA community, but I might be wrong. 1-1, one, one, lightweight bout, John McDessie and Nasrat Hakparast. Reese, go for it. Mac Real Desi. quick, a little bit of uh, inside the podcast. If, uh, if, if on next episode someone notices that I've got a UFC glove behind me. I'm winning a bid for a signed Ngannou glove right now. 
He's addicted. And you mean shorts? I don't see a glove. No, no, there's going to be a glove. I, I got a signed glove and that I'm winning the bid for right now. No, I mean, your background's top notch, second to none. John McDessie, absolute fucking gamer. Um, I remember he, God, I'm not going to remember who this was against, but he won a fight a long time ago. And the person who lost was very disrespectful about it. And McDessie made a huge scene in the octagon about how this is martial arts. You need to be respectful all stuff. And he's a veteran at the time. Well, ever since then, I'm like, this guy's a fucking G. Round off a couple nice wins. Ross Pearson, um, Ignacio Bahamundes is a big time win that I actually forgot about because it was so long ago. It was over a year ago. Look, Nazrat, I keep finding myself on Nazrat, and I keep finding myself disappointed. I thought Nazrat would be able to handle Bobby Green. I thought he'd be able to handle Dan Hooker. I was wrong with both. Um, I thought he would do okay against Drew Dober, got fucking smoked. So it's the upper echelon that he continues to struggle with. And then it's the guys like uh, Rafa Garcia that he gets a unanimous decision win over. So... I don't know, dude. I really don't know on this one. I think that Nazrat's going to be the favorite, even though I love Magdessi. I just think Magdessi, he's, he's 37. People look at him as the veteran. But I think it's still going to have a one, and I think that I can't be on Nazrat. He's burned me too many times. Nazrat minus 160. And I hope I don't look like an idiot, but Nazareth always finds himself as the favorite. I really, this is the one out of all of them that I was the most, I don't really know on. You're definitely um, not an idiot. I, I think I, over the course of the podcast, have gotten a much better read on Nazareth. And this is a matchup I love for him. I think he's mm-hmm. going to be, I, I've got minus 200. I, I, I think it's going to be a pretty decent Nazareth matchup, but he's a better striker. Gamer. Minus 210 Nazareth. We're opened, opened on the dot, 200. Oh, Do I have any points? 2-1? Two, 2-1. One. Two, one. Also, breaking news. Jack Shore will fight Kyler Phillips November 19th. Wow. That's fun. That's a awesome matchup. Yeah, I just got that tweet. Neither of them are ranked right now, right? I think they both are ranked. I'm actually not sure. I feel like after Jack Shore's last loss, he's not ranked. That could be. We'll get our stats of our run on that per Kobe. You read my mind. Um, in the meantime, we got a co-main and a main that are very exciting here. 2-1 DK, and he will lead off the co-main middleweight bout, Marvin Vittori and Robert Whitaker. Yeah, this is a matchup I'm very excited for. Um, I've long believed Robert Whitaker to be – in that group with Izzy as, as kind of head and shoulders above the rest of this division. They're just much more skilled than anyone else, Marvin Vittori included. Um, even though I expect Marvin Vittori to maybe have like a slight, a slight size advantage, that's not something that Robert Whitaker is going to really ever have a problem with. I mean, this guy fought, spent 50 minutes fighting um, Yoel Romero. He can, he's, he can handle a Marvin Vittori-sized human. So I've got uh, – there's not going to be a three in front of it. That's too big. I've got Robert Whitaker minus 250. 
See this one, Kobe, 250 is a great line, by the way, Dan. This one I'm the most excited for because tell, name a fight more up my alley. The Italian brother and I have been obsessed with forever. And Robert Whitaker is top three of my favorite fighters all time, even though he's burning me against Izzy twice, but he won the decision. Don't at me. Um, this one I think I can set to within plus or minus, I would say 20 cents. I know it's not super impressive on a percentage basis, but I'm very confident that Robert Whitaker is the favorite. I'm very confident there's a two in it. So Danny's on the right track. However, Marvin's that dude. The Italian brother in game. There will be a size advantage for Marvin. There will be a will advantage for Marvin, I think. Dude's a gamer. But he's just not as sharp as Bob. I think Bob has a wrestling advantage. I think Bob has a striking advantage. Um, and I know he has the experience advantage. I have been impressed with Marvin, though. Outside of the Izzy performance, um, shout out Izzy, because I usually dog him. But, like, the Paulo Costa win was pretty good. Kevin Holland's a big name. I know Kevin Holland was at 85, not 70. Hermanson's a good win. Like, it's not like he's fighting scrubs. But Bob, in my opinion, outside of Izzy, is one of the best middle, middleweights to ever live. Um, very dangerous man. Beats Yoel twice and just wars, man. Old school Brunson, old school Jacare. I'd love this guy. Uh, minus 230 for Bob Whitaker. Sorry for the tribute to Bob. I just, he's an absolute dog. You're both within 20 cents. But one of you got a ding, ding, ding. Yeah, it had to be me because minus Wait. 230. Oh, yeah. I mean, let's go. I was going to say for it to be 20 cents since I was on the lower, I thought it had to be me. And then I realized, wait, I'm 20 cents within Dan. Let's go, Dan. Don't literally 20 cents. Try on the dot, Dan on the dot, extending it. Do I know my middleweights? You bet your bottom dollar. I do. I mean, you don't even just, like the middleweights. I don't like, no, I like the top five middleweights. All the other ones are just butt wash. Wow. Let's go. Oh, I'm actually jazzed about that. <laughs> It's on my side, Dan. You got nothing on me. Run another middleweight fight for your boy. Come on, Jared Cannonier, Derek Brunson, minus 250 Cannonier. Come on. Setting mysterious spreads here. We have a heavyweight main event, Cyril Gan, a home game in Paris, France against Ty Tuivasa. Reese, go ahead. The most tragic news of my afternoon, Dan, was finding out that I'm leading off for this one. And I'll tell you why. Because Dan and I are playing a little game, Kobe. You may not be familiar. It's called How High. And with Dan's newfound strategy and love for the game of being able slash willing to prices right me, I'm in trouble. Because if I go 700, Dan's going to go 699. If I go 500, he's going to go 501. And so I'm at a spot right now where I need to try to zone in on this. I think there's a four or five in front of it. I really do. I think that Tui Voss is a fan favorite, but I think that everyone realizes the skill gap here. And I know with heavyweights, there's that, there's always that, but what if, you know, they always have that punch, but 
Tui Vasa and Derek Brunson are so similar stylistically, and Cyril Gaunt dismantled Brunson. He dismantled, uh, I believe he fought Jairzinho, uh, Rosenstroik, Biggie Boy. If I remember correctly, I think he dismantled him as well. His footwork, his range striking, his kickboxing as a whole is just too damn good. If there is anything under four, I'm adding it to a parlay right now with Bob. So I know it's above four. I think it's in the fives. But this is such a wide line. I don't know where to place this. Danny. Look into the camera. I got to gauge your face. As I don't want to give you anything. No, I'm just trying to gauge your face as I said. Dude, this. from Bob. where your analysis is, Sick. I'm going to be honest with you, I'm wow. far off. And so oh, I'm so worried. Oh, that's huge. I'm going to go 480 flat. 480, Cyril Gon's your favorite. Tied to Ivasa plus 440. But that made me that that broke a lot of nerves because I thought Dan was gonna price his right me. You're 480. I'm 480 for Cyril Gon minus 480. I'm not gonna price his right you. I'm coming in with my same number. Okay. I guess I I am looking at this line. And I'm not talking about where I'm setting this number. I'm looking at this line, looking at all of these other heavyweight fights that we've seen week in and week out, where you, you see a guy has an advantage or a guy gets these knockouts or a guy is this and that. And we've seen some crazy heavyweight numbers, some really ridiculous heavyweight numbers that have almost scared me away from the division, that have almost like, made me want to start telling Kobe like track heavyweight dogs the same way we're tracking women. You just crushed um, one with Tibera. Right. No, legitimately one. some of these lines are ridiculous. And that's why going in, I, I had, I was teetering with the six or the five, not the mm. four or the five. Mm. Wait. So can, so before you give your mention off, can you explain why six because it sounded like from the description that you were saying, this is why Tuivasa might be value. So oh, I no, I, I, I was more just talking about people and more so Vegas when I'm saying people. But Vegas is getting these heavyweight fights wrong. Mm. And they're, they're looking at this and saying, oh, striking matchup between a better striker and Tai Tuivasa. Let's make it minus a thousand. Let's make it minus a million. Let's make it this and that. And they don't, don't see know. this going any other way than the kickboxer beating the, sl- the, the power punch. And uh, I, that's why, yeah. that's, that's why I had, uh, I, I could have seen the six. I'm going five fifty. Yeah. He, he, fuck, fuck. He just made, I fucked it. He, I went lower than I thought. Cause I thought Danny's comment made me think, Oh, he's going to be close to Tuivasa. And I just won this game. But I also interpreted Danny's comment that way. Right. It's gameplay, baby. <laughs> so that's some good game plan, I guess. Um, this one opened it on purpose, but I'm going to start commenting stuff. Just well, like- no, it just worked because you commented. You're like, I'm not even close. And you're not close. You're 100, over 100 points off. but Or like you're like 100 points off. But like I shaded the other way because I thought you were going way under. So good Opened job. In early May, when this fight was announced, minus three hundred Cyril got. I smashed oh, that line. Fuck. I know it's higher. I know it's higher, Danny. Don't even worry. I don't I think it got it. up to my six though. My five. I think 50. it might be. It could be in the sevens, Dan. 
Minus 560, Cyril gone. Oh, I needed that. And this, there's a reason this reaction isn't so big. I, I don't know if I could come back from three down. I needed that one. I needed I wanna, that one. I, oh, wanna, I almost want to put that to review for tampering, Kobe. Um, that was some bullshit because my line would have been five. I still would have lost, actually. You said 550. <laughs> I still would have lost. I, I think my line is going to be five, four, 520. And then you said, oh, I'm not even close. So I shaded it to 480. I thought he's going down. Good. You know what? Good gamesmanship, Dan. I can lose that way. Good gamesmanship. How's that? Cheers, cheers. That's going to close us up. Dan, why don't you close us up this week? No UFC card. We'll be back next week with main app. And yeah, UFC Paris. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.